everyone, and welcome for another edition of Opera for Everyone. I am your host, Pat Wright, and Keely's not with us today, but we have a special guest who I found earlier in the day lingering around by the opera CDs. So this is Greg, everyone. Hello. Hello, Greg. Welcome. You know a little bit about opera, huh? Yes. Excellent. It's going to be a fabulous show, everyone. Please stay with us. Let's listen to a little bit more of the overture. Today's opera is Mozart's wonderful Cosi Fan Tutti. Let's listen to a little bit more of the overture of Cosi Fan Tutti by Mozart. Thank you. 
Welcome back, everyone, to Opera for Everyone. We were just listening to the overture from Mozart's Così Fan Tutti. And we have Greg here sitting with us, opera lover. Così Fan Tutti is Italian for flirt with our fans. That's not how I've heard it. <laughs> how, how have you heard it? Uh, well, I've actually heard it a few ways. I've heard it as women all act the same. All women act like that. But honestly, I don't see the word women at all in Così Fan Tutti. My preferred translation is, so do they all. So do they all? Yes, they all behave that way. All of them. Isn't the opera about flirting with fans, though? With fans? I'm, I'm sorry, you're grabbing the middle word of Così Fan Tutti? <laughs> oh, this is... What happens when you pick someone up in the opera section of the CDs? <laughs> I, I understand that the Met recently did a performance of this with no fans, the first time ever. Yes, I was I was fortunate enough to see that, but I don't know that it's the first time ever. Without fans? Well, there were opera fans in the audience. I think Cosi Fantuti means we always do this opera with fans. Okay, then. <laughs> <laughs> this is the third collaboration of that wonderful duo of Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart and the incomparable Lorenzo de Ponte. Greg, my opera fa fan friend, do you know the other operas that Lorenzo de Ponte did with Mozart? Magic Flute? Nope. That um, was Chickenator. Ooh. Ooh. Um, no. The Marriage of Figaro. Gotta love that one. And that was a good one, yeah. Don Giovanni. Oh, that was a good one, too. So this is the third of their collaborations. And, well, you just got to love all the Mozart operas. That overture alone was worth it. So let's listen to a little bit of music from our story. Can you help me out here, Greg? Let's do Act 1, Scene 1. That's an excellent place to start. What, what's happening in Act 1, Scene 1? It's a coffee shop. And three men are in conversation. And one is questioning the fidelity of the other one's lovers. And in women you expect to find fidelity? How I love such simplicity, he says. Oh my goodness. Well, that sounds exciting. Let's hear it. Il 
lunga esperienza, nobile educazione, senza sublime, analogia d'umor, disinteresse, immutabile carattere, promesse, proteste, giuramenti, pianti, sospir, carezze, svenimenti. <ride> Lasciatemi ancora ridere. Cospetto, vite di la vita ci... Pian piano. E se toccar con mano oggi mi fo che come l'altre sono... Non si può dare, non è. Giochiamo. Giochiamo. Certo, zecchini. E mille se volete. Allora, è un cenno, un morto, un cesto, giovati di non farti tutto questo alle vostre generi. Giochiamo. Da soldati d'onore. Da soldati d'onore. E tutto quel parete che io vidi di fare. Tutto. Tuttissimo. Bravissimi. Bravissimo. Signor Don Alfonsetto. Aspete vostre orci divertiremo. E del cento zecchini che fare. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to 89.1 KHOL in Jackson. We are listening to the beginning bits of Mozart's fabulous opera, Così Fan Tutti. I'm your host today, Pat Wright. Keely is away, and uh, I found an opera fan. His name is Greg, and he's joined us. Hi, Greg. Hi. I was standing outside the studio buying 25-cent CDs on the sale I know. Day. Earlier today, KHOL had a fabulous sale. So, and, and I was standing by the opera bin. I know, I found you by the and opera she bin. she drug me into the performance studio. Well, so far so good. Good. So in this first scene, yes. uh, you've already questioned my Italian, but as I understand what's going on, <laughs> um, it's the two young friends and the elder gentleman. Yes. And this is the inciting incident because he has said, shall we bet on it? And yes, that's he, Don Alfonso is the elderly gentleman and the, the two young fellows, the two officers, military men, Ferrando and Guillermo. And so they have bet. What uh, have they bet? They have bet a large sum of money that the women that they are in love with will not be faithful to them. The men who are in love with the women have bet that they won't be faithful? I think it's the other way around. I'm confused. Too many too many pronouns. <laughs> Don Alfonso, mm-hmm. playing the part of the devil, has made a bet with them. The devil, really? uh, He can cause their women to go astray. You think so? Yes. How do you think it's going to turn out? No one ever knows how an opera's going to end. (laughs) You know, I've been surprised by a few over the months here. This one is surprising. You think so? I think so. So what we should do next, now that we've introduced the men, is uh, let's introduce a couple of the women. Oh, let's do that. What song shall we listen to in order to introduce them? Why don't we go to their first duet? Let's do that. All right, everyone. When they're singing of their profound love. I think it's just coming in behind us right now. 
Well, they sounded beautiful. What's going on there, Greg? The sisters are singing of their profound love. How wonderful. For each other? For the, the two men. Oh, they're singing for Guillermo and Ferrando. Yes. And I believe Dora Bella, who we heard the men singing about, is in love with Ferrando. And Fior de Ligi is in love with Guillermo. Those handsome officers. <laughs> <laughs> and while people sometimes think of this opera as just a piece of fluff, there's a surprising psychological depth to it. Ooh. Even when we first meet the two women, they're not just singing about their love for the soldiers. They're also saying things like, this morning I feel in the mood for some mischief. I have a fire, a tingling in my veins. If he knew what pranks I'll play on him when he comes. And, uh, oh, those friend, lucky men. <laughs> and her friend answers, to tell the truth, I also feel something new stirring within me. I'd swear that we're not far from the altar. Oh, it's going to be a big day. So production are we listening to? We are listening to a 1981 recording that was made at the Royal Opera House in London. And Colin Davis is conducting the Orchestra of the Royal Opera House. 1981, a good year. All right. So the bet is on. Don Alfonso comes to tell the women that their true loves are being called away to war immediately. Oh, how sad. Well, is there a song about that? Perhaps. There's a song about that, but perhaps instead of oh. hearing the song about that, what we should do is we should go to the song where we have the four intertwined voices. The men have now come on stage. They are preparing to depart. They, of course, are, have not been called to war, but are in on the plot to cross-seduce the women. But the women, of course, think that there have been, are going away on the eve of their weddings, perhaps to die in battle. So even though the women said they were going to be playing pranks, it sounds like the men are the one playing pranks. Yes. I'd just like to point that out. Yes. <laughs> okay, are we ready to listen? We are. Fabulous. Let's listen to the track with the four voices of Fior de Ligi, Dorbella, Guillermo, and Ferrando. Thank you. 
Beautiful. That was beautiful. You are listening to Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL. I'm your host, Pat Wright, and I have an opera fan. Greg. With me today. I'm so pleased he's here because Keeley's away. You're doing wonderfully, Greg. Tell us what just happened in that gorgeous song. The plot has begun. The men are laughing under their breaths. The women's hearts are breaking as the men prepare to depart on the ship to war. Oh, and after that song where they thought they were just going to have a frolicking good time with their with their they sweeties. Thought, they thought they were going to be be married. Oh. And and no, the war has interv- intervened. And or at least they've been told the war has intervened. Don Alfonso broke the news and the men did a sorrowful, tearful goodbye. And in the oh, in the heartbreaking. Uh, it's heartbreaking and they want to keep breaking our hearts. So the sequence is uh, impossibly extended through several more songs. Oh, wow. um, and part Just of the to drive home the point. <laughs> technique to uh, to extend it is we're going to get a little relief now because the soldiers are all going to sing a soldier song for us. Oh, I love a good martial song. Let's listen. Marshall's song has ended, and I'm guessing that's Don Alfonso talking to us. 
That is Don Alfonso talking to us. He's saying that it's, you know, they need to they need to get on the boat. Hurry on, man. You've got a place to be. <laughs> Jobs to do. But before they get on the boat. Yes. Maybe maybe one more song? Oh, indeed. This is the song of departure. Here we go. Let's uh, listen to the song of departure uh, for saying farewell to Guillermo and Ferrando. You are listening to Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL, and today's opera is Così fan tutti by librettist Lorenzo de Ponte and composer Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. And that martial song signaled something important. My, uh, my guest Greg is going to explain that to us. I don't know what important thing it signaled. I think it was just like basically... The continuing, never-ending departure. I think it was just filler so that we could go back now to more sadness. Having given us a little bit of relief, he's going to he's gonna hit us again. Oh, no. It reminds me of that Gilbert and Sullivan line, but Mabel, they don't go. Oh, we go, we go, we go, we go. Yeah, I remember that one. I'm sure I've got the tune wrong, but that's a fun <laughs> one. It was Pirates of Penzance, wasn't it? Yes. Um, well, maybe we'll do that one day on Opera for Everyone. We'll have to do that one day. I'll, I'll be back. I, the CD sales are annual, right? Or semi-annual? Well, we'll find out. So yeah, so um, 
they have finally gone. And uh, Don Alfonso is exulting in the success of the first part of his plan. But um, not in front of Adorabella and Fiordeligi, I hope. No, they have, they have walked away in tears. Oh, poor girls. Poor, poor, poor girls. I think we need another soprano now. Another another character? I think we need another character. Oh, because we've got three men and two women so far. So it has to be balanced. And we need another woman. And who is this extra woman? Despina. Additional. Despina. Love that name. Despina. Despina. And so I think we should, should be introduced to Despina next. She is their maid. Wonderful. laughing from the audience there. What are they <laughs> laughing about? <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> I think she's being a little mischievous. I also heard her mention chocolate. Did you hear? I always hear the chocolate, no matter what language it's in. I like about this opera that yes. the uh, two female leads seem to eat chocolate for breakfast. <gasps> And not just any kind of chocolate, but whipped chocolate. So they're having some kind of budino breakfast. I think it, maybe it's hot chocolate. That's the way to live, huh? <laughs> you think it's hot chocolate? I don't know. Any kind of chocolate. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> so chocolate, chocolate for breakfast, um, mm. uh, which sounds impossibly decadent and um, uh, maybe too decadent because um, uh, there's a little bit of class struggle going on here. Class uh, struggle? That sounds serious. Because the, the maid has had to... You know, is, is not satisfied with the um, servitude she finds herself in. She's not satisfied? No. Does she sneak a little bit of that chocolate? And she may sneak a little bit of that chocolate. <laughs> that might be the laugh line that we were hearing. <laughs> okay, so she's, she's a, an assertive maid, not necessarily content with her station. And if they're expecting sympathy, um, 
she doesn't give it to them. But their hearts are breaking. Why doesn't she give them sympathy? Because she explains that now they can date someone else. And she says... <laughs> That's how she sees the world, huh? <laughs> you look for fidelity in men and soldiers? Don't tell me that, for pity's sake. Oh. She's so, trying to tell them what's what, huh? So Don Alfonso has a co-conspirator. Have they officially hooked up? Or they just have... The, they, they see the world the same way? We don't know. Okay. Well, Despina is a different kind of woman than Dorabella and Fiordeligi just mooning over their little soldiers before they even show up. What should we listen to next? Let's go to the aria where Don Alfonso introduces the two men to Despina, now in disguise, cleverly disguised with mustaches. Disguised with mustaches. Oh, opera. <laughs> oh, suspension of disbelief. So their fiancés <laughs> will not recognize them because now they have mustaches. If only that really worked, that would be a fascinating way to live. Well, let's listen to that. Oh! 
You are listening to Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL. Today's opera is Mozart's Cosi Fan Tutti with the incomparable librettist Lorenzo de Ponte providing the words for us. And I think that was the whole gang, all our major characters singing at once. Am I right, Greg? That was right. Once, once we get to Espina, we are six for six and all singing ensembles are extraordinary. And hilarity ensues. <laughs> A and little bit. And hilarity ensues. We now have the men trying to seduce each other's fiancés uh, in their mustaches. So extraordinary opportunity for comic business on stage. And uh, whose who's idea was that, that, that they would try to seduce the other's fiancé? That was Don Alfonso's idea, because he's nothing but trouble. Don Alfonso's nothing but trouble. He's nothing but trouble. Mm, and he plays the wise old man, though, doesn't he? Yes. So the men are uh, flirting with the women. The women are fighting them off. And Don Alfonso is saying, these are old friends of mine. You should be nice to them. Oh, he's vouching for these he's scoundrels. He's vouching for them. And he has bribed Despina, and she is helping him in the uh, in the plot. Oh, well, I guess that woman of the world, she'll pick up a few coins if she can, won't she? <laughs> that saucy maid, yes. That saucy, that saucy maid. She's got chocolate in her now. <laughs> All righty. Tell us more about this story or where we're going or what we're listening to. I think where we're, where we're going is, is just the, really the payoff for the setup. At this point really is just the, the pleasure of watching the men flirt with the women in the most outrageous possible way. The and, most uh, outrageous possible way. Perhaps, perhaps we, should, we should talk for a moment about the, the recent Met production. Yes, they, they launched a new production, I believe, in 2018, and... Tell us about it. It was set in 1950s Coney Island. Oh, and seeing as how this actually premiered in Vienna in 1790, that's a little bit of an update, isn't it? That's a little bit of an update. And not everyone enjoys updated costuming and setting on their operas. It's frequently done, particularly with something that's as frequently performed as this. Yes. But I think this works because the story is, on one hand, characterized by the cheesy beauty of the lights of something like Coney Island at night. Mm. Uh, and on the other side, you know, there's a surprisingly sordid underlay to this, uh, to this plot in the story. Oh, I hadn't thought of it that and way. They, and they, they pick that up by the juxtaposition of, in, in the Met production, of having a very low-end hotel where Tespina is the, the maid. Oh, she's uh, a maid in a hotel, not just the servant of the two young women. That's right. fabulous. Um, <laughs> And in the in the background, you can see you can see the rides of Coney Island in their their beautiful sparkling color. That's fabulous. Well, I know in the libretto it it refers to them being near the seashore, but I think it's a different seashore in the original conception. Well, it, it has to be the seashore because otherwise that whole sailing away in the boat thing. Oh would yeah, be, you, you'd need be, to be. They'd have to be going down the canal <laughs> and be totally totally different feel. You'd need to be near the water, wouldn't you, for the soldiers to sail away or the boatmen, navy. Sailors, guys. absolutely. So as we as we roll up to this point in the opera, it really has just been a lot of setup for you know, this extraordinary payoff of of the men barging into the hotel rooms and the women pushing them out the doors. <gasps> oh, gosh! How are the women doing so far? So far, they're doing admirably. I noticed there was an emphasis on so far. Well, we talk a lot about the music. We don't talk as much about the libretto, but there are some fabulous lines in here. One of which is, and these mustaches, the plumage of love. Oh, I beg to differ, but. 
<laughs> Not a mustache fan. <laughs> but when a guy needs a disguise, what's he going to do? That's right. The plumage of love. So they're, they're, you know, they're resisting so far. You know, I can't help but think when we talked about Don Giovanni, how he kept in his pocket his little strip of black cloth with eye holes cut out, which utterly disguised him. And these guys just need a little fuzz to put on their upper lip, and they're totally disguised. Right. But they're not wearing soldiers' outfits of the, the, as they were when they were departing to go to war. Right. Pop, as themselves. Pop culture reference. It's like in Ready Player One, where he puts on the Clark Kent classes. Oh, pop culture reference. Well done. <laughs> we well throw, done. We throw one pop culture reference into every episode of Opera for Everyone. Do we? We do. Well, when Keeley's here, we, we do multiple. Of the, <laughs> it's part of the convention. Maybe talk for a moment about what's going on here. We think about plots where someone makes a bet with the devil. The simplest version of that is that you bet your soul and you win or you lose. Typically, when that is encapsulated in a story, the protagonist wins. The slightly more interesting version of that is that you make a bet with the devil for your soul, but the devil has better lawyers. You weren't, you weren't. (laughs) Bring the lawyers into it, huh? (laughs) You weren't careful enough about reading the footnotes. You weren't careful enough about specifying the terms of the bet. And oftentimes in that story, you lose. This is much more interesting, however. Here, the devil or evil or the villain, however you wish to characterize him, is not making a bet for their soul. He's making a bet for money. Right. Which he doesn't need or want. The best villains don't want you dead. They don't necessarily want your soul. What they want, what evil, the truly villainous wants, is for you to have so much pain that you wish you were dead. That Uh, is evil. And he's not trying to get their money. He's trying to replace the certainties of their world with doubt, distrust, and uh, fear of treachery. That's right, because in the beginning he says, oh, ha, 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 you think your women are faithful. Exactly. And it's a way, it's a way essentially to, uh, to, to, to crush them by taking away the thing that is of greatest value to them, their loves. Oh, and it comes off as such a fun little comedy set in Coney Island or wherever at the seashore. And for a fun little comedy, something that you know, people think of as a piece of, of comedic fluff, it's interesting how death is referenced so many times in so many of the songs. Oh, uh, that's so interesting because none of our characters <laughs> actually die in this, but they've had their worlds well, crushed a bit. Spoiler alert. Our characters do die a little bit in this. Oh. I mean, you know, uh, the number of times they almost die is what's fascinating for a piece of comic fluff. And oh. they die, and they almost die in a, in a serious way, not in a comedic way. When the women come back after the men have gone to war asking for poison, there's some sense that they're actually serious. Right. Uh, death is played in this for comic effect, but most of the time it's played with deadly seriousness. Wow. Okay. So, and beautiful music. The women have been steadfast. The plot has not worked. The men are still, there's still time on the clock, but they are winning the bet. Don Alfonso and Despina meet, and she says, leave this with me. And when everyone is reunited, the women are on stage, and they hear the men off stage as they prepare to drink arsenic. And as they come onto the stage, they drink arsenic. Because Wait, who they, drinks arsenic? The, the two men. Because if they cannot have the, their loves, they will kill themselves. And so they, they drink arsenic, and in an oh, extended no. sequence, they, they die on stage. The, with the mustaches on. With the mustaches on. Okay. So let, let's listen to them sing, Let Us Die Yes. All right. This is Let Us Die Yes from Mozart's opera, Cosi Van Tutti, librettist Lorenzo de Ponte. Mm-hmm. 
dramatic here in Cose Fantute, Mozart's magnificent opera. I heard some groaning from the men and some wailing from the women. And and in and amongst that, there was a beautiful close harmony, I think. It's a beautiful close harmony. And the men die and the opera ends. Well, we have 
more than an hour left of opera for everyone. So are you going to be singing for us? (laughs) They are uh, so near death as to appear dead. Faint pulses, cold, icy foreheads. Oh, wow. The women are despairing that these men have loved them so much that they've killed themselves for them. The men, as they die, are asking for a kiss. Oh, uh, those sneaky men. Which the women which the women don't give them. And as the men are just about to die, uh-huh. the doctor appears. The doctor? The doctor appears, who looks a lot like Despina wearing a mustache. <laughs> well, you know, fake arsenic requires a fake doctor, I suppose. And the doctor has a, what we would call now a rare earth magnet, and uses the magnetism of the magnet to cure them of the arsenic poisoning. Wow. I didn't realize in the 18th century they were using magnets as medicine. Well, there's a, there's, that's where we get the word mesmerism. Do tell. We talked about magnetic attraction. This is where it all comes from. Yeah. So, so the magnet is uh, is external monologue. It is to uh, emphasize that the women are being attracted to the men as they die for love of them. Oh, that's that's fabulous. That is that is rich opera storytelling. All right. So I think we are ready for the Act One finale, which is the men slowly coming back to life as the curtain drops. Oh, thanks to Despina the Doctor. Wink, wink. Yes. Fabulous. Well, let's let's hear that. Oh, my God. 
listening to Opera for Everyone, a radio show and podcast that makes opera understandable, accessible, and enjoyable for a mainstream audience. It airs Sundays from 9 to 11 a.m. Mountain Time on 89.1 KHOL in Jackson, Wyoming. KHOL is Wyoming's only community radio station. Opera for Everyone is hosted by me, Keely Heron, And me, Pat Wright. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. And like our Facebook page, Opera for Everyone, where you can also send us a message. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. And we hope you enjoy the second half of today's episode. Welcome back, everyone. This is the second half of today's episode of Opera for Everyone. I am your host, Pat Wright, and Keely's not here today, but I found this fascinating fellow wandering around by KHOL's opera CDs. Welcome. Hi. Welcome, Greg. Hi. <laughs> so we have just finished Act Two, which that's that's a total win for Opera for Everyone. We've we... just finished Act One. Oh, I'm so sorry. We're beginning Act Two. Thank you. And in, we don't always get it to work out that our first half is the opera's first half, but your pacing is good. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. So longtime listeners of Opera for Everyone will recall that just after we return for the second half, we have the Opera Helmet Quiz in which someone recaps what's happened in the first half. Would you like to take that quiz? I mean, you've been talking us through. In a condensed version, in case someone's just joining us now. Okay, but you have to wear the opera helmet. Deal. All right. So while you're putting that on, we are in Naples in the 1760s. Is that right? 90s. 1790s. Early. Early. 1790. And we're in Naples in 1790. And two military officers have been challenged by Don Alfonso over the fidelity of their fiancés. They have made a bet and... The plot has started with Don Alfonso trying to lead the women astray. The plot essentially is to put the men in mustaches and have them try to seduce each other's fiancé. Because mustaches are convincing disguises. Convincing disguises. That fails, uh, but Despina, the lady's maid, says that she will help out. And we hear her singing in the background now. And what she does is um, she has the men pretend to drink poison and die and she arrives as a doctor to save them. And in saving them, uh, she gives them the opportunity to both demonstrate the depth of their love, but also to be around for the second act. Oh, excellent. Well, she's a saucy maid. She is a saucy maid. And right now she is singing to them, upon my word, you're the strangest pair of creatures. She's essentially saying that... She's saying this to the men or to the women? To the women. Ah. Uh, she's saying... These men were willing to die for you. They're they're rich. They're well born. They're handsome. They have mustaches. And you they're should, friends of Don and Alfonso. Friends of Don Alfonso. You should you should be treating them better. And the women are saying, "Well, they asked for kisses, and and that was just so forward." And she's saying that if they were had their minds about them, they would be taking up these overtures. And they say that she just wishes she were in their position, which is interesting. There are two things going on here. They right. challenge her sexuality there. And later, when she's saying that if there are any questions or ask about the men hanging around, she can simply say that they are there to see her. And again, they're quite they're quite dismissive of, of her. Right, um, there because is, she's the maid. 
She's the maid, and so Don Alfonso is an agent of evil. He needs no external motivation for his actions. Right. You know, why is she ultimately the source of the of the final demand here? And the answer is that she's resentful. And that resentment uh, is, is emphasized again in this song. Yes, and her resentment was her introduction to the audience when she was talking about how they get drink chocolate and she never does. Right. And the other thing that's interesting here is that to, to date, what's happened every time the women have been challenged in their virtue is they have simply said, no, we are, we are steadfast. Yes. Here, there's a pretty significant turning point in that what the women are saying is people would talk. Oh, it's the social pressure of expectations, not their own desires. And people would talk is a much lower level of defensive fortification than, of course, we wouldn't do that. That reminds me of that song from Oklahoma. People will say we're in love. I don't know. That just popped into my head. (laughs) Not exactly a pop culture reference. And the song ends with one of the sisters saying, you choose sister. And the other sister saying, I've already chosen. I'll take the dark one, who seems to be more fun. Oh, no. Oh, no. So they've they've fallen for each other's fiancé. Let's listen.
Well, you are listening to Opera for Everyone, and this is Mozart's beautiful opera, Cosi Fan Tutti. And I'm Pat Wright, joined here in the studio with... Craig. With Greg, who uh, who seems to know something about opera and also something about human drama, I'd say. Well, the song just ended. I'll take the dark one. So there is some human drama going on here. I'll take uh, the dark one, and she means the swarthy man. Yeah, so they have not agreed to be seduced yet, per se, but they have certainly but agreed. on that road. <laughs> but they have agreed to be wooed. Yes. One would think that people who had made it to the point of engagement earlier in the day would know what to do next, but uh, but they don't. It is a comic opera. And so as they're getting ready for the next uh, meeting of the men and the women, it occurs to Don Alfonso and Del Spineth that they're all hopeless. And so... No, you mean the, the, the two sets... Um, as much as maybe the women have been softened up and they're ready, they need a little push? Everybody everybody needs help. Okay. So the way the, the flirting is going to commence yes. is with Don Alfonso telling the men what to say. Oh. And Despina telling the women how to respond. Oh. Have they planned this out, the two of them, Don Alfonso and Despina? I don't think they've necessarily planned. Well, they plan to they plan to uh, to do the coaching. They haven't okay. actually scripted it out, but I'm I'm guessing that each of them has been through this before they've got some experience behind them they have some moves oh all right and so why don't we listen to, to uh the commencement of the wooing all right this is called give me your hand give me your hand let's listen to it Thank you. 
So now the two pairs of lovers separate, going their own ways. And we're going to watch the first couple together, and then we're going to watch the second. Without chaperones? Without chaperones. Uh-oh. I'm nervous. And, and what I'm the, nervous for those poor men who went off to war. <laughs> <laughs> poor men who went off to war. And I, I think we should also be nervous. We talk about Don Alfonso being, being evil or being the villain or even being the devil. Yeah. That may sound like an overstatement, but you know, these last couple of songs are a reminder that every couple of pages in the libretto, the devil is specifically invoked. So there's They clear, reference the devil. Don Alfonso reference the devil. Uh, both women reference the devil. Both men reference the devil. Just, in in you know, kind of like the devil made me do it or? Well, in, in, in curses, in metaphors, in descriptions. Just to keep the devil in our mind. Every, right. As you, as you listen to this opera, huh. uh, you're hearing the word devil every couple of minutes throughout. I confess I had never noticed that before. So I think now we should eavesdrop on the first couple. Unchaperoned. Unchaperoned. <laughs> and uh, it's going very well. And before the men had gone off to war, they had given their lovers lockets. and the With their pictures? With their pictures. Mm. And as it goes really well for the first couple, he offers her a locket in exchange for the one she is wearing. So this is Guillermo and Dorabella? Yes. Dorabella, whose original sweetheart was Ferrando. Yes. But she's being seduced by Guillermo, and Guillermo's giving her a locket with his own picture? With his own picture. Uh, uh, with mustache, I with, presume? With mustache. <laughs> okay. Uh, this heart I give you. So kind of an obvious metaphor there as he gives her the heart-shaped locket. Yes, indeed. And this, this is quite beautiful. All right. Let us listen to This Heart I Give You from Cosi Fantutti. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
Wow. That was a love song. That was a love song. So the lockets are swapped and they are in love. She's accepted his picture. Yes. Oh, I feel so bad for the other guy who's trying to seduce her sister. Why do I feel bad for him? I do. It's it's interesting the references throughout to Penelope, who made it ten years. Oh, uh, Penelope. Without giving Odysseus into suitors. Odysseus' long-suffering wife. And I think Penelope is continuously referenced throughout, uh, in part to remind us that while Penelope lasted ten years, that These our, guys don't our, last our ten heroine minutes. from the last song <laughs> lasted about 40 minutes. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Yes, well, for those of you who don't remember Penelope, she's from the Odyssey, ancient Greek myth, and she's waiting all those 10 years for her husband, Odysseus, to return from the Trojan Wars. Because in every opera for everyone, we have one pop culture reference and one reference to the Odyssey. Or at least to ancient history. <laughs> That's true. That's absolutely true. Shall we eavesdrop on the other couple? <gasps> Similarly unchaperoned? Similarly unchaperoned. All right. So are we eavesdropping through music? We are eavesdropping through music. Let's do that. So she resists. She resists. So the other sister yeah. accepted the locket, agreed yeah. to be seduced, essentially. But this sister, which and one is this? This is agreed to be seduced and was seduced. Uh-oh. Uh oh. This sister resists, however. Is this Fiordeligi? Yes. Oh, okay. And then she sings a beautiful aria, which we probably won't listen to today because of its length. It's the longest. There's aria. always some good music that gets left behind on the cutting room floor. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. It's the longest aria, I believe, in the opera. And in a way, it fits perfectly because it is what you would expect her to do, which is to feel horrible and to be asking for forgiveness because she was sorely tempted to give in. So the one who didn't submit still felt guilty that she was tempted. 
she she feels extreme guilt at the temptation and the oh, um, wow the, the depth of feeling in the song. I think we're supposed to understand that she is near suicide. Oh my! You know they all think Don Alfonso presents it to the boys like this is all fun and games, and the boys almost take it in that spirit because they think they can win some and, money. But and, he's really devilish. And, and Don Alfonso's goal here is to crush four people, and he is now he has now crushed one. Wow. Wow. Well, and another one when he learns of his fiance's or his sweetheart's behavior. Which is a perfect segue into our next song, when the men get back together and discuss what has happened. And they compare notes. And they compare notes. Oh, yeah. Okay. So this Are we is ready called, for this one? We've won, my boy. We've won, my boy. Well, this must be the one who did yes. not succeed in... This must be Ferrando, I'm guessing, because he does not succeed in seducing Fiordaligi. That's correct. Trying to keep these names straight. <laughs> amico, abbiamo vinto. Un ambo o un terno. Una cinquina amico, fior di ligi. E la modestia in caro. Pura come colomba, suo caro guagliello. E la si serva. Di distaccia superba, mi maltratta, mi fugge. Testimonio rendente, mi è messa a duro. Che una femmina è me. Senza paraggio. Bravo tu, bravo io, brava la mia, Penelope! Lascio un pochino di abbracci per sì felice augurio, o mio fido Mercurio! E la mia Dorabella, come si di portata? Ah, non ce n'è pur dubbio, ma sai conosco quella sensibile alma. E pur un dubbio, parlando di Agotrocchi non sarebbe mal se tu l'avessi come cesse la forza alle lusinghe tue. Ma no, tu vuoi prenderti me con spasso. Ella non ama, non adora che me. Certo, anzi in prova di suo amor, di sua fede, questo bel ritrattino ella mi diede. Il mio ritratto! Just tuning in. This is Opera for Everyone. We are listening to Mozart's Così Fan Tutti. And those two gentlemen talking are uh, comrades in arms who are dressed up in disguise at the urging of the evil Don Alfonso. They are trying to seduce one another's girlfriends, fiancés. And one has succeeded and one has not. And you could tell, you don't even have to speak Italian, I think, Greg, to understand that one of them is giving a report quite happily and one of them is in great distress. That's right. Don Alfonso has crushed his uh, second victim now. 
Right, which is related to crushing the first victim, the one... Which is the report of the betrayal as uh, crushed the second lover. Wow. Rough stuff. So now Despina and the women are together, and they are talking about their day. Oh. And the first is saying that she resisted, and the second is saying that she's now in love. How does the sister who resisted respond to that? She says, what a silly question. We're women. Oh, really? Thank you so much, Lorenzo de Ponte. <laughs> let's listen to that aria. All right, let's listen to that.
You are listening to Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL. We are listening today to Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart's Cosi Fantuti. I'm your host, Pat Wright. And here in the studio with me is... Greg. Hey, Greg. So, what's up next? It's probably worth just referencing, we'll do this maybe for the last time, the way the image system has continued through this song. The lyrics include lines like, Despina, I tried to resist. That little devil has such tricks. There we have the devil reference once more. And the seduction, of course, occurred in a garden. And oh. later, Dorabella sings, Love is a little thief, a little serpent is he. Oh, serpents and gardens. What does that make us think of, huh? So, the only way to move forward, having fallen in love with another man, would yeah. be, of course, to put on your lover's soldier's costume and go to war with him. Because the worst thing could happen is you would die, but you might be reunited. Oh, so, you're talking about Fiordaligi, the one who resisted the advances, but we just heard her singing about how terrible she felt that she was tempted. So she is now also in disguise. In a soldier's outfit. So we've had uh, Despina in disguise. Could argue that evil is in disguise. The two men are wearing their mustaches. Wait, 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 and wait. Now, you said that so quickly. You could argue that evil is in disguise. As, as uh, a friendly old of, man. Uh, a friendly old man. Oh, uh, oh, wow. You just and put now, shivers up my spine. One of the two women is in disguise. And so it just gets more confusing. So she's going off to rejoin her true love so that she's no longer tempted. Yes. And on her way, guess who she runs into? Uh, the guy who's trying to seduce her. And given what Am we I know, right? And you're right. And given <laughs> what we know about this opera, how is he going to seduce her? By flattering her loyalty? By telling her that her choices are to kill him or to be seduced by him. Now that's not even fair. So let's listen to that. Oh, okay. Let's listen to that one.
Welcome back to Opera for Everyone with Mozart's Così Fan Tutti. And I don't know about you, but I could hear her defenses melting away. Her defenses melting, melted away, and she was seduced. Oh. You know what occurred to me listening to that and hearing her defenses melt away? That, what? That the fellow trying to seduce her, our tenor, Ferrando, he's the one who's just had his heart pulled out and stomped on the ground because he's just learned that his comrade in arms has seduced his fiance. Yes. So he he put on the extra extra charm. He wasn't going to be the only loser here. Would be my sense. Right. The way that this is is interesting is the psychological depth. He was probably not pretending this time. With the arsenic they were they were playing. Uh, right. But this time if she had thrust the sword through his heart, he would have been okay with that. Oh my goodness. Yes. You're right. You're right. Wow. Okay, not a frothy little comedy at all, is it? <laughs> Even though it has that light feel in some ways, particularly the new Met setting at Coney Island with all the silly rides and all the crazy sets. But this is heavy stuff. This is heavy stuff. Wow. What's up next? So I think we should take a moment just to play the title track, as they call it. Oh, Cosi Fan Tutti. I'm Co guessing would be the name. <laughs> Cosi Fantuti. This right. is uh, Don Alfonso basically summing up what has happened, that women are all the same. And that's the devil telling us that, more or less. Yeah. All right, bear that in mind, everyone. <laughs> That's Don Alfonso summing up, and he has decided to punish them all even further. What's uh, what else could he do to them? He could make them all get married to the wrong person. So they're all going to marry the wrong people now. Oh, this is kind of sad. <laughs> but everybody's happy because they're getting married. What a weird thing that we're feeling sad for them, but they're all thinking they're in love. At least the two women are. Well, all great works of art are deconstructionist, and this is deconstructing the comedic form. This is deconstructing the comedic form. I am so glad I ran into you browsing through those opera CDs. I, I had not thought about that. Because this is where the other operas end with the marriage. That's true, they do. In another opera, they would have been initially matched to the wrong people. They would have found the right people. They would have gotten married. And we could have all gotten gone taxis home. and gone home. Helming a happy tune. Oh, my goodness. And now we've gone from being matched up as they should be to the devil stirs the pot. 
with a little aid from Despita and... Speaking of Despina, yes. um, the next scene is the big marriage scene. And the official who comes to marry them yes. looks surprisingly like Despina Another wearing costume. a mustache. <laughs> of course. She's having a lot of fun with this, isn't she? She's having a lot of fun with this. Because she told them both to go for it. Yes. And Don Alfonso goaded her, bribed her, right? Yes. She's got a monetary reward that she's working she's towards. She's working toward a monetary reward. And so they start the marriage. Yes. And guess wedding, what we hear? Mean. The wedding. Mm-hmm. And guess what we hear in the background? I'm guessing not turtle doves. Drums. It's the military. It's that... the, the war has somehow been concluded in under two hours. <laughs> That's, and the uh, ships are returning. I, wow. They didn't even get their sails unfurled, I don't think, did they? They didn't. They probably didn't get their sails unfurled. Wow. And wow. So, so let's listen and we'll see what's going to happen next. All right, let's listen. Oh, my God. 
Well, I certainly heard that martial music coming in after that very odd sounding voice. That must have been a disguised voice that we heard earlier. (laughs) (laughs) Could that have been dear Despina? Despina in disguise. Yeah, even the voice. Yeah. It's good. We here on the radio can play along then and enjoy the disguise. <laughs> okay, then the, then the the martial so, music happens. So the martial music happens. The the two grooms are whisked off stage. The oh. soldiers return. And do they are they kind of irritated red above their upper lip underneath their nose? No, they're cleanly shaven and um, <laughs> maybe not where the the glue ripped off. <laughs> and they. They are so happy to be back and to find um, their fiance is waiting for them oh. patiently. Oh, and I imagine the fiancés are just dying inside. The fiancés are dumbstruck, and then it gets worse because they find the signed marriage contracts. <gasps> With the other guys. With the other guys. Who don't really exist. Who don't really exist. And it's okay. It's not legal. Because because the maid was the yeah the officiant, officiant was yeah. a maid in a silly disguise yes including her voice okay a, so a, a green cowboy jumpsuit in the recent production at the Met <laughs> I don't I don't think that's that is true I've seen the pictures um, I don't think that um, that's how Mozart envisioned it, well, it but it it does say in the libretto that she was on her way to a to a fancy dress party. So she was in some kind of costume. Okay, then. She's Presumably, she was really dressed as a, a notary. A notary. Right. Yeah, a notary. Um, okay, so the girls are dumbstruck. The men are pretending to be aghast and appalled. Once they find the marriage contracts, of course, as we've talked about in this opera, they have the predictable reaction of wanting to have someone uh, run a sword through them. Right, of course. And then the deception is revealed. By Don Alfonso. Yes, and he points out that Despina was Dr. Mesmer uh, and notary, yes. and that and the lockets are returned, and everyone decides it's all okay. It's all okay? It's all okay. So we just do a switcheroo with the grooms? So we just swap back, and every, everybody's happy. And it So ends, we do end with a marriage, two marriages. We end with a presumption of a marriage, yeah, or two marriages, yeah. So we don't have to be crushed on our way out of the theater so we can breathe a sigh of relief that all's well it ends well as it were all's all's well it ends well the universe is is righted everyone is reunited with their true love but what does this mean about the devil does this mean that we've defeated the devil no the devil won the, in the standard because they'll never tr- trust each other in the standard translation everyone is soiled they'll never be able to regain their trust but that's serpent. what he was that's what he was he was trying to shake them out of their naivete in that first song. Yeah, there are snake references throughout uh, the play, you know, Aspen mm-hmm. others. The serpent has bitten. The poison is now in their systems. And they can't go back to the garden. And they can't go back. Wow. Okay. So let, let's listen to that final aria. All right. This is the final aria from Mozart's Cosi fan tutti, Sani e Salvi, Safe and Sound, Exulting with Joy. Thanks for listening to Opera for Everyone and enjoy this final aria. Sempre 
Thanks for listening to another episode of Opera for Everyone. I'm Keely Heron. And I'm Pat Wright. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud and like our Facebook page, Opera for Everyone, where you can also send us a message. We know that opera can be challenging. 
But everyone loves a good story. And a story set to music is even better. That's why our mission is to make opera opera for for everyone. everyone.